We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to the 552nd edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. Uglum, find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, how the heck are you, man? Any updates on your life for us? I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, Getting ready to... uh... Go down and see my folks. I usually take this week every year. Uh, it's the waste management open down in Phoenix. They are snowbirds now, so they hang out in the warm country and um, go down there and, and really like to take the time to just chill. And I know it sounds nuts because it's freezing here and it's warm there. And uh, I, I get more prospect watching in down in AZ during this week of the Super Bowl slash Waste Management Open than almost any other week. And and sometimes, you know, I get the opportunity to hang out and do it by the pool, but uh, sometimes it's just in the office down there in Arizona as well. But it's it's nice to just get away, you know, work out, play a little golf in the morning, and then just grind tape, man. Dude, that's you're, – you're speaking music to my ears. There's something sacred about not having much going on and just having a list of prospects in front of you and just being able to just shred through those. Uh, so that, that sounds awesome. I'm jealous. Unfortunately, I have to work this week. So 
and always, you know, so it's always tough to find time to do that. But that uh, that sounds incredible, man. Uh, happy for you. Uh, but speaking of, you know, grind and film, we are going to talk today about the ultimate film grinders in Green Bay. We're going to talk about the the front office in Green Bay. And we're kind of Ross and I are kind of kicking off a, a year in review, I suppose you could call it for the Green Bay Packers. Um, throughout this week, I, people are going to be breaking down positions, players, things like that. And there's really no better way to start than talking about the guys in the front office uh, for the Green Bay Packers and just what they were able to do in this 2019 season. You know, I, I said it on Twitter, and I think this sentiment was shared with a lot of Packers fans. Obviously, the season did not end how we all would have hoped. And, you know, the, the storybook ending just wasn't there. But as far as just sheer entertainment value, this was a really, really fun season. And you kind of think about how everything was so new with this with this group. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, you know, Aaron Rodgers' first few years as a starter. Uh, because when you break it down, you have a new GM in Gutenkunst. You have a new head coach in Matt LaFleur. And some of, you know, especially Matt LaFleur, he was criticized when he was hired. And as a Packers fan, you want your guys to work out. And you can kind of remember back to when Aaron Rodgers started. And it, these wins just, they meant a little bit more. Um, to kind of prove the the naysayers and the haters wrong that, you know, the Packers went out and got a good one in Matt LaFleur. And I think, you know, year one in the books, it's pretty easy to say things are, things are looking good for the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Um, but Ross, before we dive into this stuff, uh, we're going to talk mostly about you know, the talent evaluators in Green Bay. But I think we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Mark Murphy and what he was able to do with this team. And I don't know why necessarily, I, but Mark Murphy just is not a guy that gets a lot of love from Packers fans for whatever reason. Uh, but you look at what he did this offseason, and he was the driving force with bringing in Matt LaFleur. It was a controversial hire at the time to an extent. Uh, some people criticized that they didn't do their due diligence, that they should have brought him in for a second interview. You know, I can't believe they didn't hire, you know, Josh McDaniel was the hot name and they go with this young, unknown, relatively unknown guy named Matt LaFleur out of Tennessee. Um, you know, he spoke big time about, you know, knocking down the silos uh, with Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutenkins having to report to him. People, you know, we're, we're, we're nervous about that. It was new. It was unexpected, unprecedented. So it's interesting to see in his first year, I mean, he seems like he did everything right. And Ross, I don't know if you have any thoughts about uh, Mark Murphy and kind of what he did this offseason, but if you want to pay Mark Murphy any respect. Yeah, you know, I think with Mark Murphy, a lot of the time that, you know, uh, a program spends losing – People are going to try and find scapegoats, and and Mar- Murphy's a, an easy one. You know, he's kind of a goofball. I don't think he's incredibly media savvy. He's kind of like everyone's dad, or maybe even everyone's everyone's grandpa, depending on your uh, depending on your age uh, range or age group. And he's just not very cool, if you will. You know, he doesn't have the cool factor. Certainly doesn't have the cool factor that. LaFleur does and, and certainly probably doesn't even have the cool factor that uh, that Goody does. And he's he's definitely from a different generation than both of those two. And what I think a lot of folks saw was maybe not a football expert that was going to get 
himself into, you know, football operations. Obviously, if he is, you know, the the guy that everyone answers to, he's going to have to make football-related decisions. And a lot of the times, too, I think people saw um, people saw him as a a guy that was, you know, doing the whatever was, was doing the sledding hill or title town district or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that's the classic thing, right? So like when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing great, Oh, you should stop dating movie stars. You should stop doing commercials, this, that, and the other God damn Marf- Mark Murphy should quit focusing on sledding hills and, and build a better, uh, you know, football program, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of thing really does just sort of snowball from the fans perspective. Yeah, uh, 100%. And and I think you're right. You know, you get caught up in he's just a business guy. No, I think he's just a really smart guy uh, who who's, you know, proficient in the area of business and, and kind of bringing the Packers into, you know, this new era of football. He's done a fantastic job with that. And now it looks like he's so far with really the only football decision he probably really has and had to make it. So far, early returns are have been about you know outside of winning a Super Bowl, They've and it's not like the guy is just some expect, schmuck so. or some businessman. I mean, he led the league in interceptions in 1983 when he was with Washington. Like he, he is a football player. He, he was, you know, a, a FBS or I guess he was an FCS athletic director from 1992 to 2003, and then he was the AD at Northwestern from 03 to 07, but this is a, it's not like this guy, you know, doesn't understand what cover two is or doesn't, you know, have any inclination as to what does or does not make a good coach, what does or does not make a good uh, personnel man. You know, he, he gets it. He's, he has at least some qualifications. Yeah. And we'll talk about Matt LaFleur here in just a second, but Really, a businessman is the guy looking for someone to run this team as a CEO more than anything, and that's kind of what Matt Lafleur did as well. So, uh, hats off to my, to Mark Murphy so far. You know, things are looking good for him right now. That can certainly change this time next year, uh, but that's kind of the life of you know someone in that position, anyways. But uh, you would be you would be remiss to not give him credit for what the 2019 Packers were to do. So. Hats off to you, Mark Murphy. Thank you for the incredible season. Uh, moving on to uh, the guy now that's been there for this is, will be his third offseason in Green Bay, and he looks like he's looks like he's off and running and building something special. And that is Brian Gutenkus, the uh, general manager, kind of the guy that calls the shots in the executive department. Um, one thing, and I was I, I caught some flack from Niners fans because I compared. Brian Gutenkus to John Lynch and just really don't understand when you put their res- their resumes right next to each other. I just don't think anyone in the NFL quite stacks up to what Goody was able to do this offseason. You can say that's me being a homer, um, but honestly, throw me anybody's resume and I just I won't I just I don't see it. Um, I think John Lynch kind of won an award that was cumulative for the last few years. Um, but if the award is supposed to be just 2019, it's tough. And I'm going to just, this is just kind of the resume that 
Um, I compiled. This does not include Alan Lazard because if you remember, they picked him up late in the 2018 season. Um, but Brian Gunkis, his his offseason resume. I'm gonna put an asterisk by this one, but I'm gonna say he. I mean, he was he he had a part in the hiring of Matt Lafleur. Uh, Mark Mark Murphy was a guy that pulled the trigger on that, but I certainly do not think they would have hired Matt Lafleur without positive input from Brian Gutenkus. And so that's that's a home run right there. But then you look at what he did in free agency. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner. All of those guys were significant contributors. Zadarius Smith should have been an all-pro. Preston Smith was the perfect complement for him. Um, Adrian Amos really short up the backhand. And then Billy Turner um, – is what some people would call the weak link in that free agent class and the weak link of the Packers offensive line. And what's what's interesting to me about that, Ross, and I know you'll agree with this, is Billy Turner was an average to above average guard in the NFL. That is the going rate for a player of that caliber. And if Billy Turner is playing at that level and he's your weak link in your offensive line, then your offensive line is pretty damn good. Um, so that's something that I think he came in and made a strength immediately, you know, going last year to this year is two years combined. But then you talk about his 2019 draft class. Uh, really, the only blemish I would say from 2019 is the is the Rashawn Gary pick, which still has the potential to pan out to be fantastic. But out of that crop um, out already, he has two teams that made the Pro Football Writers Association all-pro team, all-rookie team, excuse me, and that's Elton Jenkins and Darnell Savage. Um, if you get guys that hit that early, that are uh, that are that's a prestigious award. That means you are one of the best players at your position at, from a young age. Uh, so that's great. You get two guys right there. You talk about Rashawn Gary, the potential. You talk about Jay Sternberger. You talk about uh, Kingsley Kiki. I mean, they, that this could potentially be a very – very good draft class. And then, Ross, you talk about the waiver wire additions in season. Um, Jared Valdir, uh, unbelievable. You know, do they even win that playoff game without him? I, that's a good question. I don't know. You didn't hear his name in the Seattle game at all, um, which was fantastic. And then Tyler Irvin, who came in halfway through the year, this Packers return unit was historically bad, on pace to be historically bad, meaning in the 100th year, of the NFL, they were on pace to be the very worst. Um, and then Tyler Irving came in and did some really special stuff down down the stretch. So uh, that's that's Goody's resume from this offseason. That's his second year in charge. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on on Goody and what he's been able to do in his two years and and what you can expect I, from this team He's done a good job of, of kind of taking what Ted gave him which was uh, a pretty mediocre roster, but not one that was that they were like tanked into. If you're understanding what's like Ted for all of his faults was excellent in making sure that, you know, they were never really tied into anything too incredibly stupid. He was able to get uh, pretty much out of the Nick Perry situation. He was able uh, to, you know, make sure that most of the, the deals were palatable and, and reasonable. And so uh, Gutekunz was handed this thing that was imperfect, certainly, and still isn't perfect, but was given the flexibility financially to be able to go out and 
go kind of bonkers in free agency and and do a lot of stuff that uh, Ted certainly wouldn't have done. But you know what? I mean, this is uh, what the the constant phrase that's always thrown around or the term is window, 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 window. And and we are in the the closing phase of of Aaron Rodgers's window. Whether you view, view that as until he's you know, at the end of this contract, whether you view it until he's 40, whether you view it until he's, you know, 41, which is like the last good Brady season, this thing is closing uh, either way. And so uh, Ted Thompson left Goody with the ability to do well, and and he did. I think everybody knows, you know, you talk about Rashawn Gary, and everybody knows what I would have done there, which is Brian Burns. But other than that, you really have a hard time arguing with a whole lot, um, especially, you know, you, you look at some of the things that he's been talked about doing this year and it all makes a ton of sense. Or, you know, he's like, hey, Kenny Clark's a huge priority. Blake Martinez isn't. And, and he's not saying those things out loud or, or not certainly being that blunt. But if you read between the lines, this is a guy that gets modern football. He understands modern football. And he's just kind of the evolution. He's spicy Ted, and I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, and and looking forward and kind of, you know, that that triggers in my head going back to his press conference. And he did, you know, in a way, exactly what you just said. Talked about exploring options from the inside linebacker position. And when you look at what people, you know, are starting to say Blake is going to make in that 12 to 14 million a year range, uh, if that doesn't make you throw up in your mouth a little bit, I don't know what would because he's not coming back to Green Bay for that for that price tag. Um, so that's interesting that he said that. Um, and what's you know so go ahead going ahead and, and moving forward. You know this isn't a this isn't a fix the Packers this offseason podcast. That's not what we're doing here this episode. Um, but just what type of flexibility and what type of aggressiveness. Would you expect to see from from Goody this offseason as opposed to last offseason? Should we be in store for another kind of crazy spending spree or free agency? Or do you think that's going to uh, no, taper off? No, I, I don't think season? so. And, and, you know, that's something that Gutekunst basically said. Like, they have flexibility, certainly. Um, releases of Jimmy Graham and Lane Taylor should end up having, you know, after that Rogers little baby restructure there, they should end up with like 45 million of cap space, probably 30, 30, 31, 32, 33. That is usable after some of the adjustments that are going to have to be made for bringing back exclusive rights for agents and extending Kenny Clark and signing the draft class and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that doesn't mean they can't do anything. You know, you, you, you can certainly, boy, they have a ton of space in 21 a ton of space in, in 22. It was kind of a Ted Thompson thing not to kick the can down the street, but if they want to, they can definitely kick the can down the street. I mean, that that absolutely can happen. And this Packers team is, uh, I think, close. And, and I believe that they're going to get things done, but probably in a – a little bit more reserved manner. I don't think you're going to certainly see like what would, I mean, shoot, what would be go out and get Amari Cooper and AJ Green. I mean, that would kind of be like the Preston and Zedaria Smith signing. Uh, I think it would about break the internet, but uh, I just don't think you're going to see 
three guys at the very top of their position group as hole fillers for Green Bay. I, I think um, maybe you see like a veteran tight end, a veteran linebacker, and maybe they splash at receiver with a Green or a Cooper or uh, a Sanders or or whatever. Uh, yeah, and I think we're in lockstep on that. I think if we see any type of splash move, it's going to be one. You know, and you, I think you're right with looking at – they're going to be kind of back to the bargain bin where maybe you're looking at, uh, you know, if A.J. Green wants to come in at a cheaper rate and you can get a year or two out of him while you develop a young guy, that could be a situation that's very appealing uh, to Goody and this Packers team. Um, but you're going to – I do think you're going to kind of see this team go back to – uh, it's Ted Thompson roots and kind of have this 2020 draft class be the lifeblood of this team as it, as it should be really. Um, but looking back to, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Um, and if you want over at Packer report, I actually have report cards on this 2019 class. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Of course, these are just my opinions on this class. Um, but one year in Ross, what are some of the early returns or things that you're most excited about from this 2019? I think you have to be really class. excited about Elton Jenkins. I think you found a decade-long starter at an offensive line position. It's important to find those, especially ones that can pass block. I'm a little bit lower on Darnell Savage than pretty much everyone. Um, I, I think there is promise, uh, but at the same time, you know we've seen safety as a pretty quick developing uh, spot. For example, Marcus Williams of the Saints was extremely good as a, as a rookie. It was probably better than Savage was. Safety is not necessarily a position where it's like, I oh, don't worry about it until year three. You would like to see really high-level safety play right away. Now, I'm not saying he's going to bust. I'm not saying he's never going to get better. Uh, I just feel like everybody already thinks that the kid's the second coming, and I, I just need to see a little bit more. Gary was disappointed with the pick, was actually honestly more optimistic than I thought I would be. I, I thought that was a whiff, and I, I think that there are more things to to build off of than people are even willing to admit with Gary. And, you know, beyond that, there were some – some guys that I think will have the potential to work out. I, you know, my feelings on inside linebackers, I don't think they matter a ton. I think Ty Summers has as good a chance as anybody. Um, certainly, you know, with Jay Sternberger, I think you've got a long-term starter there as well. Kingsley Kiki. I don't think I would ever want to start Kingsley Kiki, but if he's your fourth or fifth defensive lineman, I think you're feeling real great. I agree. Yeah. I think you kind of, hit on everything that's important and it's also important to note like obviously this is year one a lot of these guys are just getting their feet wet as far as what their ability and what their potential is uh you listen to mike smith talk about rashawn gary all year and his love for him did not fade as this year went on and mike smith is a very smart very good coach uh so i'm gonna trust him and i i'm gonna trust that he can develop the the player that Rashawn Gary is, and they kind of let you behind the curtain a little bit with that draft pick when they talked about how they wouldn't have taken Gary if they did not sign Preston and Zadarius, which tells you right there that 
they didn't think he was ready to play and he didn't. So uh, that one really is, it's kind of a head scratcher because you say, well, why didn't they take someone that could contribute right away? Th- that's a great question. Don't, don't know, don't have an answer. Um, but they obviously love Rashawn Gary. Um, so that's really the only tarnish I think you can put on Goody's second off season in green Bay. Um, so I think the Packers are in great hands as far as what their executive department and their front office is going to do some other guys that I think are worth uh, noting. And there are guys that I know are super well-respected in green Bay, but I think they're also super well-respected around the NFL. And as far as, you know, generals and talent evaluator that Brian Gutenkust has surrounded himself with, I think these are two guys that um, have risen to the top as guys that Packers fans should really understand who they are and know what their names are. And that's uh, Milt Hendrickson came over, uh, a longtime buddy of Goody. He came over from uh, Baltimore where he, you know, spent all those years with Ozzie Newsom and, and that incredible scouting department that they have over in Baltimore. Uh, so he was a great get. He was one of the main reasons that the Packers were so confident and comfortable going out and signing Zedarius. And another guy is John Eric Sullivan. Uh, he's been with the Packers for over a decade, but he's a young up and coming guy, um, has risen the ranks pretty quickly. So he's a guy that I think Packers fans need to be familiar with and a guy that I'm not saying it's going to go, be, it's going to be a GM of another team within the next three years, but I think he's a guy that's done a lot of good stuff in green Bay. So um, excited for the talent evaluators that green Bay has. Um, and they're obviously going to keep all of them. It, it would appear uh, this off season after last off season's kind of not mass exodus, but kind of, you know, with the change um, in structure. So uh, the Packers just really, really appear to be, in good hands um, this season when, like I said earlier, was just a lot of fun to watch uh, these guys kind of prove a lot of people wrong. So uh, what year two has in, in store for them is yet to be seen uh, and year three for the scouting department and, and Goody. So that will be fun to watch unfold and you can catch all that stuff right here on pack a day podcast. We will keep you in the loop. We will keep you updated on everything that is Packers. Uh, Ross and I will be on in a couple weeks again. And until then, Go, Pack, go. First and 10 for the 17 to San Francisco. Get Jones around the right end, gets a block, makes the turn, 10 to the 5, to the end zone! Second and 2, 6-yard line to Minnesota, tied at 7 apiece. Graham tight end right side of the line, three receivers punch to the left, Rodgers under center. It's motion to the right, here's the pitch, Jones around the left end. He's got Bakhtiari blocking in front, Jones makes the turn to the pylon, to the end zone, for the touchdown! Second and short, get Jones, big there hole, right side, 20, 15, 10, there to the go. end zone, touchdown! Takes the snap, delay, hands it off, Jones up the middle, with a burst, here he is, 15, 10, 5, high stepping, end zone, touchdown, Packers aren't going anywhere today, they are here to play, 33 yard, touchdown burst, to match the number on the jersey of Aaron Jones. Oh my goodness, what a play. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. And off Jones, picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown.
single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers. He ducks in under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.